You're listening to a Bible lesson taught in the youth group at Trinity Baptist Church. We hope this Bible lesson will help and encourage you as you seek to live for the Lord. Proverbs 6, 16 through 19. Let's read together. Proverbs 6, 16 to 19. These six things doth the Lord hate. Yea, seven are an abomination unto him. A proud look, a lying tongue, and hands that shed innocent blood. And heart that deviseth wicked imaginations. Feet that be swift in running to mischief. A false witness that speaketh lies. And he that soweth discord among the brethren. Proverbs 6, 16 through 19. Let me ask you, has anybody made an effort to try and memorize this passage of Scripture? Or you already know it? Oh, you've made, made an effort? Awesome. Awesome, awesome. How many of you, maybe you say you already knew it? You already knew it. You know half of it? All right. It's almost the end of June. We've got two more weeks in June. Two more weeks. Only one more Wednesday, but two more weeks in June. I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you to the best way you can to memorize this passage because I think it would help you. I think that the, the more you get to know someone... And the more you get to know the Lord, you'll start to learn what he hates. And he gives us a list. And so I think it's very important for us to know what the Lord hates. Me and my wife have been married for, what, eight years, going on nine here in July. And I know that I know being married to my wife long enough, I know what she hates. I know that if I brought her flowers home, it may sound like the husband of the year. But that would not get me anywhere because my wife hates flowers. So, see, I can, be, I can try and be Mr. Romance and walk in with a big bouquet of roses and I would get nowhere. But I can walk in with a cookie crumb frappuccino and put that on the table and I'll be the man of the year. So I have to know that because I start to know that, hey, what my wife hates. And as you get to know the Lord and you build a relationship with him, you should know what he hates, what God does not want. So we're going to jump in and continue where we're at. We talked about a proud look, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood. Today we're going to do, I would probably tell you so far, the two hardest ones I've had to study was this one. It took like every brain cell I had. Today to try and wrap my mind around how to com- communicate this. So let's look at it. Proverbs six eighteen. And heart that devises wicked imaginations. Number one, your heart. A simplified explanation is this. The act of cleverly or skillfully planning or inventing ways to violate God's moral law. Can someone turn to Micah chapter 2 verse 1 and read that? Go ahead, Jamie, when you get there. Micah 2.1, a heart that divides wicked imaginations. When you get there, read Micah 2.1 for me. Yes. When we look at the word of God and we find out what God hates, God says those that divide wicked imaginations. Now I'm going to tell you, and I would tell you this every time you come to a portion of scripture. Don't come to a portion of Scripture and think that you already know. Because I come to portions of Scripture all the time and I think, oh, I already know what this is. I'm just going to jot this down. And then like, once I start reading and once I start studying, it's like, well, this is nothing what I thought. If I said a heart that divides wicked imaginations, I'd say, oh, that means your thought life, having bad thoughts. The heart that thinks bad things, that's what God hates. That you study, you find out that it really is God hates when we cleverly try to find ways to disobey his law. Sometimes in youth group, we would call them loopholes. Exactly. <laughs> we would call them loopholes. And Logan's not even here for the, <laughs> the king of the loophole. But we, we would call them loopholes. But as funny as it is in youth group, in our Christian life, we do seek to find loopholes to see how we can get around 
God's law. So let's look at it. two reasons why. Two ways that we devise wicked imaginations. A, letter A is rebellion. We devise wicked imaginations. We come with cleverly, skillfully planned, inventive ways to violate God's law. Number one, because we're rebellious. Our thought is I will violate God's law if I can come up with a plan to eliminate or alleviate the consequences. This happens quite a bit. Happens to me when I was a teenager, and I know it happens to you as your teenager. You know what you want to get away with. You already know. I want to. And now you are cleverly, skillfully finding the time to do it. Well, I know that on Thursday, mom's going to be such and such. Dad's going to be over here. If I do it between 3 and 4 o'clock, I've got all the gateway I need. Like, I've got my time. And I know we all, we've all done it. And you know what? Even as an adult, like, as I'm studying this, I'm thinking, like, yeah, you know what? Sometimes I do try to skillfully navigate my way to do what I desire to do. And we look at the word of God. God says, I hate that. And we ask the question every week, why do you think God would hate that? Why do you think God would hate that? Why do you think God would hate when we skillfully think and cleverly think about ways to violate his law? Why do you think he would hate that? That's why I asked where Kirkland was. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> go ahead, Tom. <laughs> Yeah, it's what the devil does. It is one of the key things the devil does. Such a right. Yeah. Well, I want to add to it. Go ahead, Brady. Yeah, that's actually another one. Go ahead. to stop at that first sin. We, we don't. We're like, oh, I got away with that one, and we like to open the door for, for more things. Anybody else want to add to it real quick? I was going to say, and my answer was, the reason I thought, which are all of them are good, because they're all dead on, they're all biblical answers, is I would believe that God would be against me trying to find a skillful way to get around his law is because my sin is what put Christ on the cross. And so when I sit down and skillfully find a way to do that thing, that put Jesus Christ on the cross. Like, how would that, how do you think that would stand before God? Like, God in heaven is looking at, he loved us so much that he sent his son to die for our sins. And so Jesus Christ endures the things of the cross, and then he watches us as human beings, trying to knowingly, premeditatively violate his law. Like, what put his son on the cross? 
And I am thinking of a way. How can I do this and get away with it? When you look at what God would think about that, like, and the same thing with all that, it opens the door to other people. It is what Satan is. And we look at it and like, God hates that. And to be perfectly honest, if we're all like dead honest with ourselves, we do these things. We have hearts that devise wicked imaginations. We think and think hard on ways that we can violate God's law. Well, if I can just get this window, if I can just make this happen, even a kid knows. Like my kids, they're both little. They know if we do something wrong, better not do it here in the kitchen. They need to go around the corner where mom and dad won't see me. And we know we do it in our hearts. And God says, I hate that. I hate to know that my children that I shed my blood for are trying to cleverly find loopholes in the word of God so that they can sneak around those things. You know what the um, illustration is? Because I believe in a lot of times in our lives, most of the time, sometimes the only thing that keeps us doing right is because we don't have opportunity to do wrong. Because if we had the opportunity, we'd probably do wrong. Our example there, Ammonon and Jonadab. In Second Samuel chapter 13, you don't have to turn over there, but I think you guys know the story of Amnon and Jonadab. Amnon, Taft's sister Tamar, which is Absalom's sister, Amnon tells, says, you know what? He sees Tamar. The Bible says she's an attractive young lady. And he sees her and he says, man, the Bible says his heart falls sick with her, for her. He's smitten. He talks to his friend Jonadab, his cousin. Jonadab, man, have you seen Tamar? Man, she's good looking. Like, man, if if I could have Tamar. Jonadab, cunningly, cleverly finding a way. Hey, oh, you want Tamar? All you have to do is, man, here's a plan. Fake sick. Man, just fake sick. Tell your dad. Send Tamar over here to bring me something. He'll send her over there. Like, I, I've got a plan all worked out for you, John Dab. I mean, uh, Amnon, it's all set up. All you have to do is this. And the Bible says that's exactly what happened. The Amnon fake sick. Tamar comes in and he rapes his sister, his half-sister. And the Bible says he, after he hates her more than he loved her in the first. And you look at the situation and it's like, all... Amnon needed was a way to do what he needed, what he wanted to do. If I had opportunity, and you know what, sometimes, and I have to say in my life, God's been very good to me. I've never been to jail. I have a good family. God's been very good to me, but sometimes I wonder if I had had opportunity to do some of the things that God spared me from, would I have taken it? Would I have, in rebellion, said the opportunity is there and I'm going to do it? And a lot of times, that's the way we do it in our lives. And God says, I hate that. Second thing, he says, number one, letter A, rebellion. I will violate God's law if I come up with a plan to eliminate or alleviate the consequences. If I don't get in trouble, I'm going to try it. When, I'll say this real quick. I remember when I was in high school, this was a question we'd all surround and ask. If there was one thing that you know is wrong and it wasn't wrong anymore, what would it be that you do? And I remember all sitting around the table talking about what would be what we would do if it wasn't wrong anymore to do. And you know what it's pretty much saying? 
this is the sin that's in my heart that I really just want to get out there. And if I could get a chance, if I could get the opportunity, I'd be all involved in this sin. And it was kind of like in the high school, we're thinking, this is an intellectual conversation. But in real life, like now that I'm, uh, I'm an adult, I'm like, wow, we were idiots. God looking up in heaven. Oh, that's one. Sorry, I said I wasn't going to say that tonight. <laughs> I know, I did. I, just, I said it before you, I wasn't going to say idiot tonight. And I said it again. <laughs> <laughs> but but we look at it and we're like thinking we're having this great conversation when God in heaven is looking in like wow we know out of the abundance of the heart the mouth the mouth speaketh so let it be we rationalize it here it is I am violating God's law but I have cleverly rationalized in my mind why it is not sin so first I just I'm out rebellious I'm out and out rebellious I'm going to do it if I have opportunity to do this I'm going to do it second thing is I rationalize my sin. Here's the example. And Psalm, it's impure thoughts is the example. Matthew 5, 25 through 27. You know the story. Jesus is preaching. And Jesus says, Ye have heard it said that he that commits adultery with a woman, God, Jesus says, I'm going to tell you if a man look on a woman and lust after her in his heart, he has already committed adultery with her in his heart. See, the Pharisees, the spiritual religious people could rationalize in their mind. Well, I would never commit adultery. I would never do that. But the Bible says in their minds, they conjure up all the same wicked things, but they just don't do them. You know how we do these things in our life? There's, there's things in our lives right now that I would hope that you guys as Christian young people would say, I would never do. But you know what? Sometimes we try to take something that's lesser like, well, this isn't quite as bad. I'll meditate on evil things. I'll put it in the mind because I'm not doing them, not doing them. I would never do them. And then we'd rationalize in our mind. Well, I'm not in sin. I'm fine. We'll get on the Internet. We'll watch or do something inappropriate. And in our minds, I'm not doing that. I would never be involved in things like that. But I will let it go on in my mind. I will go through things that, you know what, I, I wouldn't touch that. And the Bible says that God hates when we cunningly, cleverly, well, I'm not violating God's law when we are. And we know we are. And we do things and we figure out things and we think, oh, well, you know what, I'm not really doing anything wrong because I'm not actually involved in this. But just like I said back in Romans, God says all the list of those bad things he goes through fornication, adultery, homosexuality, disobedient to parents, all these things. And he goes through this whole list in Romans chapter 1, probably the most wicked chapter in the Bible for the sins that are mentioned. And it says, and those that have pleasure in them that do them. You know what? I like to rationalize a lot in my mind. Well, I'm not violating God's law. When I listen to music that says things that I, I would never do that. But I listen to it and then I let it go through my mind. God, Jesus said when he was preaching, hey, you have heard it said about adultery. Well, I'm telling you that if you even look and think, he goes on it and all the things he, when he talks about hating, he says, you have heard it said that thou shalt not kill. Well, if you look at your neighbor with hating your heart, you're the same as killing. See, the Pharisees on the outside, just like us sometimes, we look at it and we're saying, well, I'm not involved in but I'm involved in wickedness and I've rationalized it away. Well, it's not wrong because I've never actually put my hands on a girl. 
it's not wrong because I never actually partake in this. I've never actually said anything to that person. And he says, number one, we're looking at he that devises the wicked imaginations. I'm trying to find a way to get around God's law to do what my flesh desires to do. I do it out of rebellion. If I have the opportunity to do them, then I do it out of rationalization. You know what? This is not as bad as it could be. I could be actually, but I'm not. So we go on. That is a heart that divides wicked imaginations. Let's go on to feet. Oh, I'm sorry. Did I need to go to impure thoughts and then at the top there, innuendos and improper speech. I forgot that. Innuendos and improper speech. How we would rationalize. I can't believe I forgot because this is like one of the best ones because this is like, I hear this all the time. You say something that has a double meaning and then somebody calls you out on it. I didn't say anything. What? This is all I said. You just have a dirty mind. And we all know that you throw it out there. You just want to rationalize it. Hey, I said it, but I didn't really say it. So you can't really come back and get me. I've cleverly found a way to violate God's law and you can't call me out on it. And we know that that is sin. And this happens all the time. We use words like freaking. Like, oh, blah, 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 and go on about it. We use words like OMG. Well, I mean, oh my goodness. Of course I would never take the Lord's name in vain. And we do these things, why? Because we want to find a cleverly skillful loophole in the law of God. Oh, well, God, you didn't think about this. You know what? God's in heaven saying, you know what? I hate that. I really do. I hate it. So it goes on. Anyone knows their improper speech. Let's go to uh, Proverbs 6, 18, latter half of the verse. Feet that be swift and running to mischief. The act, a simple fight explanation, the act of eagerly or readily desiring to be involved in evil. Let me ask you this. In our society, we are people that enjoy bad things. We, we really are. Like if you go to the grocery store and you look at all the magazines, like up the lot, the little crazy magazines that sit up there, like you see people flipping through and picking them up. So-and-so is cheating on their husband. Oh, oh, oh. Whoa, whoa, this is good. So-and-so has just gained 500 pounds. Whoa, that's what she used to look like. We, we enjoy, we enjoy finding bad things on people. We enjoy running to that which is bad. And God says in his words, he says, I hate feet that are ready, that are swift to run to what is evil. I would say right now, if I were to, on this paper, say, write down this real quick, guys. Write down these five websites that I'd never want to ever see you visit. Go ahead and write them down because I want you to put them in it. Don't ever visit these five websites. And I told you that and you wrote those five websites down. Then I said, what I do want you to do is that I'm going to give you five Bible verses that I want you to look up. When you get home for next Wednesday, I'm going to give you five websites that I don't want you to go to and five Bible verses that I want you to look up. I can guarantee you by next week, I would love to say that a couple of you would say, Pastor Bird, I looked up those five verses. They're really good. They blessed my heart. I just recommended my life when I was reading those Bible verses. But I can tell you what would happen most likely. Five Bible verses would not get opened, and five web tabs on a web page would be opened about saying, whoa, why would Pastor Burton say we don't need to go here? Bad stuff on the internet.com. <laughs> wow, I don't see why he wouldn't want me to go there. Let's punch it in and see. 
And you would probably go, why? Because naturally, our flesh desires to run to that which is evil. And God says, I hate that. I hate that your feet desire to quickly. If it's bad, let me in on it. If it's good, I'll get time for that. We'll work it in there somehow. And he goes on, let's look at it too. Let's look at the verse, Proverbs 4, 25 to 27. I'll put it on your handout. Let thine eyes look right on and let thine eyelids look straight before thee. Ponder the path of thy feet. Let all thy ways be established. Turn not to the right hand or the left. Remove thy foot from evil. Now, these are the same verses we talked about teens and tech a little while ago. So they're familiar to us. But how do we combat? Because just like I said, it is natural. I would say that the same thing would happen if I did the same thing in the auditorium. It is not just because you guys are teenagers. If I said to, if I went in the auditorium and I preached the same thing and I said, here's five websites that you don't visit and here's five Bible verses, I guarantee the same thing would happen to the adults. They would go, I don't even have a computer, but I can go find out where to go get one so I can look at those five sites. And, then, and that's what they would do. So it's not just because you guys are teenagers, but we are naturally desire what is evil because we are controlled by our flesh. That's why the Bible says, walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of life. So how do I combat this? From Proverbs 4, 25 through 27, letter A, focus on what is right. Focus on what is right. How do I get away from naturally being desiring to do what I know I'm not supposed to do, to run to evil? I need to focus on what is right. Now, my daughter, when she watches television, is the definition of the word focused. You can, like, you can pretty much set a bomb off in the room. If she's watching Curious George, you're not getting through. It's just like you can stand in front of the TV, and she'll just move her head around you. You can jump up and down, and she'll just keep watching Curious George. And that is focus. Can I tell you the reason a lot of times we are so drawn to what is evil is because we are not focused on what is good? We're so easily distracted by the evil. Hey, it's time to read your Bible. Oh, my cell phone just buzzed. Oh, man. I got to check that. Oh, man. Whoa. Oh, Mom, did you say something? Oh, you weren't even talking. I'm sorry. I thought you were talking to me. And we're so distracted by everything. Can I tell you one of the ways that he pulled away from being desiring to run to evil all the time? And that is to be focused on what is right. You know what? All the time... I do not desire to read my Bible. And I'm youth pastor. There's some times where I'm like, you know what? I could probably push my Bible reading back to some other time and get this in because I really would like to go watch the sunrise. I know you guys laugh at that, but I enjoy it. I can go watch the sunrise. And, I, and I'll go and do it. And I'll be like, oh, man, that was awesome. The sun came up. That was great. It's a beautiful thing. I do like it. I know I'm a nerd for that. <laughs> but we get distracted by so many things. And in my life, I can tell... After a while, I can be walking through a day and I can say, you know what? Wow. Like, I really need to get in the word of God because I don't think the same. Things do distract me. Things that I would listen to that would bother me. I may be listening to something, a podcast or something that I listen to. And I'm like, whoa, they, they just took the name of the Lord's name in vain like three or four times. And that didn't even didn't even phase me. Because I wasn't focused on what is right. And so when I'm not focused on what is right. Every evil thing in the world can come by me and it will attract me. But I have to be focused, just like Sean watching television. I need to be focused, as Hebrews 12, 2, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. That's my goal. And if I'm not doing that, of course I'm going to be distracted. Because see, honestly, if I'm focused on Jesus, 
and this is not being Mr. Spiritual or anything else, if we did the same, the five websites and five Bible verses, if I'm focused on Jesus, I am going to think, well, you know what? I need to find out what those five Bible verses have to say because they may help me in my life. And it's not even being Mr. Spiritual or Mr. Spiritual. It's not being like, whoa, Mr. Holy. It's just, I'm focused on Jesus, and I really want this in my life right now, so I'm going to have to find out. You guys know how it is. You come back from camp, or you come back from New York, and you're excited about things, and your focus is on the Lord, and people can throw things out. Hey, I read my Bible. Oh, that's, so, that's great. But when you haven't been in the Bible for a long time, haven't been caring, it's kind of like, what are you telling me for? Like, um, I'm glad that worked for you. So, number one, letter A, focus on what is right. Letter B, be founded on what is right. Verse 26, ponder the path of thy feet and let all thy ways be established. Let everything that you do be founded. So, as you are going through your life, to keep from being drawn to naturally, my feet are swift to evil. So how do I do this? Everything that comes in my life, I make sure it's established. Hey, is this evil? I'm staying away from it. And I have to be vigilant. Same thing with, because your adversary, the devil, walks about as a roaring lion seeking maybe devour. So I'm going to have to be vigilant. Everything I do is founded. Hey, if I watch a television show, I need to know what is this television show about because I desire to keep my focus on Christ. You know what? I'm not going to be distracted if I'm focused on that. If I'm watching for the first thing that comes up. Now, I have not seen the movie, and I probably at some point may. The new Superman. Um, and I was reading lots of places from what I saw in the trailer. They kept, and I saw multiple places that they said there's a lot of Christ images made in Superman. I have not seen the movie. But I know that there was a part where he's falling under the water and his legs are crossed, and I did see that in the trailer. And I've read other places where he's 33 years old when he starts his pilgrimage to start saving people. And that he, he has his son, and he's the only son that's supposed to save the world. And they said that there's a lot of images in there. Now, you know what? I am not bashful. I have not seen the movie, okay? But I'm just saying, if I'm going to be focused and I'm, everything I do is founded, I don't go sit in a chair, pull up a chair in front of the television, and say, this is entertainment. Pull up the popcorn. Whoa, this is awesome. This is awesome. You know what I say? I say, I just want to make sure that everything... That comes through these eyes, that comes through these ears, are coming to the glory of God. Now, I'm going to tell you, I lo- enjoy Superman. I probably would enjoy watching the movie. From what I've heard, it's good. Chuck texted me the other day, you missed an awesome movie. It was so great. And he told me how great Superman was. And I, and, I, and I would say, you know what? It may be. But in my life, everything that I do has to be founded on the word of God. My feet won't be so quick to run to evil. You know what? I won't have a problem so much with immoral thoughts if I'm not watching immorality all the time. I won't have a problem with some of the things that I may struggle with if I'm founded. Everything that comes through these ears, I've got to make sure. Hey, when I pop headphones in, I'm just not like, oh, this is a cool new song. I'm going to listen to it. I'm, whoa. I'm focused on Christ on every step I take to be established. Is this what I ought to listen to? Is this strengthening me? Is it hurting me? Is it helping me? So everything needs to be focused. It needs to be founded. Lastly, letter C, fleeing the wrong. Verse 27, turn not to the right hand nor the left. Remove thy foot from evil. 
Remove your foot from evil. So what God hates is me when I desire all the time, oh, something bad. I need to get on it. You're at school. People are talking. I need to get right in the middle of that conversation because there's something good going on over there. Instead of being like that, I am to be removing my foot from evil. Every time I'm supposed to flee those things. All right. I'm at school. I know you guys aren't in school right now. I'm using the illustration anyway. <laughs> We're standing here. Well, let's let's go. We're in youth group. We're in youth group. I'm standing around here, like we just talked about, innuendos and improper speech. It's happening right here. I see a group of guys. The girls wouldn't do. No, I'm just kidding. There's a group of girls, or a group of girls, and they're all standing around. And they're doing thing things and talking about things that are inappropriate. It's all in, in disguise though, because this is a youth group, so it's all innuendos. We all know what you're talking about, but we're just going to keep going. So they, they're they talking over here, and I walk over. Oh, man, that's, that's where it's happening. <laughs> I actually walk over, stand in. Whoa. I'm going to remove my foot from evil. I'm fleeing. I'm not going to be involved in it. But this is youth group, Pastor Burton. This, these are people that, that we go to church. We're all here at church. No, because, see, I don't want to be drawn. I don't want to be drawn. My feet naturally go to what is evil. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to flee those things. Well, Pastor Burton, it really is a good TV show. You know what? If my red flags go off, the Holy Spirit's piercing my heart, I'm going to get up. I got to go. I'm sorry. Just because I desire to flee the evil thing. We have a desire to do two things. We have a desire to go to that which is evil. Be drawn to it. And we have a desire to knowingly plan, cleverly scheme to violate God's law. And God said, you know what? I hate them both. So next week we have the last two things that God hates. And I hope, guys, that they've been a help to me, an encouragement to me. Because as I look through them, I think of things, number one, that I've made mistakes for you guys are sitting. And I thought like, wow, I can't preach that that hard because that's Aaron Burden all the way. But I hope that you take these things, just like I said, as you get to know God, you develop a relationship with God. You guys know, hey, God hates this. Same thing I gave you the illustration before, my wife. I know. There's things my wife doesn't like. She doesn't want. She doesn't want me to do. You know what? I'd be a wise husband if I didn't do those things. And you know what? As a child of God, you'd be a wise child of God if you learn the seven things that God hates and say, you know what? I'm going to stay away from those things. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, God, we do thank you once again for your word. Lord, I thank you for these young people, Lord, and their tenderness, Lord, and as we study these things, God, and we get to know you better, Lord, you please put these things in our hearts, Lord. Lord, even when we go away from here, Lord, and we're not thinking about the points or remembering everything that happened in the message, but Lord, your Holy Spirit convict me, Lord, Aaron Burden, of the things, Lord, that we've talked about tonight, Lord, and as teenagers and young people, Lord, would you do the same, Lord, as we go out and navigate this summer, Lord, that you would help us not to be drawn to what is evil. God, would you please just convict our hearts, make us what you want us to be, and we'll thank you for it all in Jesus' name. Amen.